This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Before this week, I did not know very much about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. To be honest, Michael Schulman from over at The New Yorker, he isn't much of an MCU head either. But because he covers Hollywood, becoming an expert has not really been optional for him. I mean, Marvel is the most successful franchise in movie history. Okay, that's saying something. Yeah, I mean, it's made more money than anything um, in, in, in movies uh, since the existence of movies. And it, it, it not only is successful on its own, but it kind of created this model of having a cinematic universe where all of the different movies and eventually TV shows are connected in on, on, you know, on a fictional canvas. And one you know, blockbuster can you know, beget another blockbuster and lead audiences to the next product. Has 2023 been kind to the MCU? No, it's been disastrous. 2023 has been disastrous for Marvel at the box office, with ticket sales way down. It's been disastrous behind the scenes with the sudden departure of key executives. And then this week, it became disastrous in an entirely new way. This morning, actor Jonathan Majors' ascent in Hollywood halted as he awaits sentencing. Jonathan Majors was gearing up to be Marvel's next big star. Then he got found guilty of abusing his girlfriend. Jonathan, how do you feel right now? Majors convicted of two misdemeanors for recklessly assaulting his then-girlfriend, Grace Jabari, in March, fracturing her finger and leaving her ear bloody. He was acquitted of assaulting her intentionally. He was found guilty of a, of a domestic violence crime. Essentially, that is not the guy you want starring in your superhero film. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is obviously uh, terrible for this woman, first of all. And also, uh, you know, a big headache for Marvel because they had cast him as this character, Kang, uh, who was being set up to be the new supervillain, this villain that kind of pulled together different strains of uh, Marvel storytelling. Yeah. The thing about Jonathan Majors is that. It's not like he was set up to play one character. He was like a whole universe of characters. At the end of one of Marvel's recent movies, like he appeared in a little scene during the credits and he was playing a whole bunch of different versions of himself. And now kind of none of them are usable because uh, Jonathan Majors himself has been fired. Now that Majors is out, does what happened here say more about him as an actor in particular or wider troubles in the land of Marvel? Well, it's both. They really pummeled you with this guy. Like, you cannot escape Kang in any universe you travel to. He's going to be there. <laughs> and now he's not going to be. Today on the show, the rapid rise and precipitous fall of Jonathan Majors. Will it take down Marvel, too? I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next? Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. 
When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I wonder if you can do me a favor and explain who is Jonathan Majors for those who might not know, because he's not just this Marvel supervillain. Like he graduated from Yale School of Drama, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, he was someone who became prominent very quickly. Uh, you know, I, I remember first noticing him in The Last Black Man in San Francisco, an A24 film in 2019. Grotowski, Oslavsky, Chekhov, Brett. These are the great. In 2020, he was in Spike Lee's *The Five Bloods and HBO's Lovecraft Country. Um, he really built this career both as like a interesting dramatic actor who could be in like a, an HBO film, a you know, Spike Lee project, uh, A24 movies, as well as like, you know, big franchises. He's he's, you know, kind of big and brawny, but he's also he also had this sort of brooding cerebral quality. He strikes me as really confident, too. Like a New York Times writer tossed into their reporting this anecdote about how he showed up to an interview late, but he was he had a portable speaker playing Kanye West and he was comparing himself to Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. So it sounded like he just had a lot of oomph. Yeah. And it's not often that Hollywood is graced with just a sort of full-fledged movie star who just comes out of you know, thin air. Mm. So um, I think everyone was really excited to have him. Tell me about his Marvel Cinematic Universe character, Kang. I mean, the thing is, it's many characters. So, um, you know, there's like evil Kang the Conqueror. And you think you can beat me? I am Kang! There's scientist Victor Timely. Time is everything. That's part of the the appeal of the role is that it's many roles. It shows off your range. And um, and he certainly seemed to have the range to do it all. You know, it's kind of like being a repertory theater actor. You can just be a different person, put on a different costume, and you're someone else. Let's talk about how things started to go south for Majors. Like, he was arrested in late March after an ex-girlfriend, Grace Jabari, filed a criminal complaint against him. What exactly happened here? They were in a car. He got a text from someone, you know, like a flirty text it was like, I wish I was kissing you right now or something. Yeah. So she tried to grab the phone and that led to this dispute where he ended up grabbing her hand really hard. And some of it was caught on video, like closed circuit TV video. Um, so we've kind of seen the outside of the car with, you know, it's what seems like him sort of trying to shove her back in. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a, a violent confrontation. It kicked off this whole evening where the ex-girlfriend sort of ri- ran away, went clubbing, went back to the apartment, and he, Jonathan Majors, came home to their apartment to find her locked in the bedroom and on the floor and was worried that she had hurt herself, right? Yeah, and, you know, the fact that she went out clubbing later is something that his uh, defense lawyers tried to use against her unsuccessfully. Right, like, oh, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal, whatever happened, because she was out and about. Um there was also a very strange chapter to this where um, he filed a counter complaint against her, basically saying that she was the one attacking him 
and she was arrested, but um, the DA declined to prosecute her for that. So she, she never had any sort of like trial of her own trial of her own. Exactly. But the allegations against majors kept coming. In June, Rolling Stone reported that other women said they had also been mentally or physically abused by him. Eventually, Grace Jabari released recordings she'd made of her private interactions with majors. In them, he criticized her drinking and told her she wasn't being supportive. How dare you come home drunk and disturb the peace of our house when we have a plan? Coretta Scott King, do you know who that is? That's Martin Luther King's wife. Michelle Obama, Barack Obama's wife. I'm a great man. A great man. I am doing great things. He was uh, dropped from a bunch of things. His management company dropped him. His PR company dropped him. Um, he was supposed to be in uh, ad campaigns for the U.S. Army, for the Texas Rangers. So he lost a lot of stuff in his career immediately as he awaited trial. But Marvel um, was the you know the one big thing he was involved in that kind of sat on their decision. The minute he was uh, found guilty this past week, they uh, confirmed that they were firing him. In a way, this decision was both a long time coming and instantaneous. Jonathan Majors lost his role as Kang within just a couple of hours of the verdict coming out. I think in a way it would have been more complicated for them if he hadn't been found guilty. Because then what do they do? You don't, you know, Hollywood doesn't have to wait for a court of law. And, you know, like Kevin Spacey was written out of uh, House of Cards and then later acquitted in, in trials. Um, you know, and there are a million other examples of people who just get, you know, quote unquote, canceled, like they get fired for, um, you know, whether it's under a morality clause in their contract or, you know, people just declining to work with someone because they've revealed themselves to be so insanely difficult or just bad on some level that the audience doesn't want to see them. And, you know, they're they're a corporate liability. So it seems like they just they waited to see if he would be found guilty in a court of law before they decided to do anything about it, possibly because of how uh, complicated and messy is to extract him from the cinematic universe. Strangely enough, Marvel was not the only major studio trying to untangle a knot from its narrative web this year. In October, DC said it was canceling all future projects with the star of the Flash franchise, Ezra Miller. Miller had been charged with disorderly conduct, assault. He had this altercation with some patrons at a karaoke bar in Hawaii and was, you know, paid a fine for disorderly conduct. Police say that Miller got agitated and began yelling obscenities at people at a bar who's singing karaoke. He was charged with a, a, a burglary in Vermont, uh, taking alcohol from someone's home and pleaded guilty to trespassing. It's just the latest in a string of legal troubles for the 29-year-old actor. I mean, there's so many, like, bizarre things uh, with his, you know, behavior along the way. And uh, they were kind of stuck with him. And, uh, you know, it was a, a, a big problem for this movie, which was also another kind of superhero failure of 2023, The Flash. And um, one of the problems was that Ezra Miller couldn't get out there and promote the film. Um, they were just sidelined. The way you tell it, it's almost like these movies kind of become too big to fail at a certain point. Like you have to just soldier on because, I don't know, you've spent so much money on it or invested so much in the actor. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there were reports that DC was considering just shelving The Flash. 
um, which looking back on how badly it did and how sort of despised it was, maybe they would have considered if they had known that. But um, yeah, they are too big to fail. Do you think Jonathan Majors can come back from this with his reputation intact? Like, what do you think it would even take? I mean, never say never. Like, we've seen a lot of different people come back from various scandals and quote-unquote cancellations. Uh, Louis C.K. is back doing stand-up, etc. I think a domestic violence conviction is going to be extremely hard to come back from. But I also think that, you know, the Me Too movement has shown us that we maybe don't need to prioritize that question of what happens to an abuser's career or fame. Uh, You know, what's really important is, you know, the people that they uh, mistreated and, you know, patterns of misogyny and harassment and and violence. Um, And so maybe... Jonathan Majors should be working on himself rather than a movie. Coming up, after a decade of box office dominance, what comes now for Marvel? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've alluded to some other problems Marvel's faced this year, especially at the box office. Can you just explain where Marvel is more generally and how Jonathan Majors fits into that? Well, they started off the year with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, which was a pretty bad opening and a pretty disliked movie. Headache-inducing visuals that are so obnoxiously overdone you can barely even process what you're seeing, and an ending that effectively puts everything back exactly as it was before, so that there's absolutely no weight or consequence to anything that you just saw. It was just not that good, and uh, in particular the special effects were seen as as muddy and and, and crude, um, and that was a big problem because that's one of the things that Marvel is known for. They bounced back a bit with the spring movie, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which did okay, but like it did gross as much as Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So you sense these diminishing returns. Um, but people liked it. And then uh, with their most recent movie, The Marvels, uh, it was just a disaster. It was the lowest grossing MCU movie in their history. Um, and you know, critically, it had it had some support, but it just seemed like people did not want to see it and didn't care anymore. I mean, this was really the year that, you know, like the sheen came off with Marvel. Like it was seen as unbeatable 
as just this this juggernaut that would never end. And now there's a real question of how many years is this thing going to be, you know, the dominant force in movies? I guess it's important to say that, like, the more Marvel you watch, the more you maybe enjoy it because there are all these little Easter eggs for people who are super fans and have watched a lot of them. Like, characters will pop up and you'll only really know what they're doing there if you've watched something, two movies or TV shows before. Yes. You know, it's it's it rewards expertise. And that works for a major movie franchise only as long as there's a mass audience coming back for more. You know, when I, I talked to one of the writers of Avengers Endgame, which was their biggest movie, and um, he described going to see it in the theater and seeing all the people like cheering for specific things that you would only know if you saw the X number of movies that came before. And he said something to me like, it's preaching to the choir, but the choir is nearly global. Hmm. You don't have to cater to people who don't care about Marvel because enough people do that you can have blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster with people who have seen everything and know everything or know enough to follow. And I think it got to the point where it actually was a little too complicated and uh, hard to follow what was happening. You had to watch, you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney Plus to understand what was happening in like Black Panther 2 or whatever. I'm just grabbing things out of thin air. Please don't correct me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it got a little much for some people. It got to feel like work. And already Disney is scaling back significantly, um, you know, what comes out of the, the content faucet. Was Jonathan Major's character Kang, was was that designed to kind of address some of the issues you, you're saying are inherent to Marvel movies, like maybe a lack of depth or too much chaos? In a way, yes, because I think, you know, the way that the Marvel universe started, which was so exciting, was that they would introduce uh, you know, a hero, a different Avenger in each movie. And then they all came together for the movie, The Avengers. So awesome. <laughs> then the next phase was introducing some more characters. And then they all come together in this even bigger team for The Avengers um, in Endgame. After that, the storytelling seemed to lose a lot of focus. Like, it, you know, the, the, the stories went in a lot of different directions. And they didn't have that same sort of momentum building up to a new thing. Um, I think that's one of the problems that people have had with, you know, the last couple of years of Marvel, it has seemed diffuse. Um, and Kang was potentially a way to sort of bring people together again. And one of the Avengers movies that is being planned is called the Kang Dynasty. Um, potentially, like Thanos, he could have been like a sort of central antagonist that brought all these disparate strands together to, you know, defeat him. Do you expect to see a Kang movie? coming out? I, know, I mean, that's the big question for Marvel fans is what are they going to do? Are they going to find a new Kang? Or are they going to find a new supervillain? Now that it seems like Marvel's star may be fading a bit, audiences aren't coming, is there some new thing that's looking to take its place? Some new place where the energy in Hollywood is going? Well, I mean, in a way... We're living in the uh, world that Marvel created um, in the sense that IP and you know franchises are now the bread and butter. Like there would be no Barbie movie without Marvel? I was thinking more of uh, Wednesday, you know, huh. the, the big hit on Netflix. They've just announced that they're going to do an Uncle Fester series and they're going to do other spinoffs of Wednesday. So there's now like, you know, uh, uh, Adam's Family 
TV universe. Um, everybody wants a universe. Everyone wants a kind of IP property that can like be spun off ad infinitum forever. I think Mar- Marvel and this sort of um, the model that it helped create was a, was closer than uh, a lot of other things to like a sure a sure bet you know, in show business, Hmm. you know, if we have this canvas with all these characters that are sort of, that have a built-in fan base from the comics, um, it doesn't matter if any particular installment is great or if any particular actor in the Marvel universe is that famous from other stuff. It was a web, it was a web of stories and you had to sort of immerse yourself in it. So uh, I think it offered Hollywood this illusion that you can just create a machine that runs on its own. In a way, talking to you, I kind of wonder if the really notable thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that it worked as a franchise for so long. You know, it is it is incredible that Marvel has dominated for a decade and a half. Uh, you know, it's very rare that any kind of genre can be that successful for that long. I mean, in, in a way, a lot of people compare Marvel to Westerns, like, you know, Westerns were so dominant in, you know, the 40s, 50s. And then uh, eventually they didn't feel current. They didn't feel as relevant anymore. And people, you know, would reinvent and continue to reinvent and play with the form of of the Western. To have one company uh, define popular culture and sit on the top of popular culture for a decade and a half is a really long time. It's really hard to think of other things that are like that. Yeah, I wondered a little bit if the Marvel story was really a what goes up must come down kind of story in the end. Right. But now, you know, you have kids who are discovering movies and Marvel is what their parents like. Hmm. Who wants to like what your parents like? Michael, I'm super grateful for your time. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Michael Schulman is a staff writer for The New Yorker. And that's our show. What Next is produced by Paige Osborne, Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Madeline Ducharme, and Anna Phillips. We are led by Alicia Montgomery with a little boost from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary Harris. Thanks for listening. Catch you back here next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.